Well, we got to talk about Conzo Martin's curious decision not to foul and also all my other observations from Missouri's upset bid that was just short against number one Auburn, including what do we make of Jabari Smith's terrible game last night? Well, all this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And we are free and available on all platforms including Spotify, where I, at least at last check, I don't believe Neil Young has come out to cancel me just yet. But you know what? The day is young. We'll see what I can get accomplished in this episode of Locked on Mizzou. But seriously, thank you guys for joining me once again. And thanks to all the Missouri students in particular who showed up in mass last night for the number one team in the country. And of course, your Missouri Tigers too. And of course, the Red Panda, who, as usual, will put on a hell of a show let's be honest and you know what one underrated thing about red panda i like that she's not perfect i like that occasionally she drops one because you know what it makes it all the more dramatic when she hits those five bowls in a row you know what i mean and speaking of hitting five bowls in a row i'm john miller and welcome once again to locked on mizzou boy i got a lot of jokes today don't i but seriously let's start talking some basketball because that's why all of you are here and obviously we got to start with the foul or really the foul that was not and well for once i agree very wholeheartedly with the conventional wisdom i've been seeing all over the internet today everybody seems to think hey you, sh- you got a foul in that situation, and with a, what, 5.1 second difference, I believe, maybe it was 5.4 or something like that. Yep, 5.4 seconds between the shot and the game clock there. That's a no-brainer to me. You got a foul. There's not enough time to secure the rebound and realistically get off a good shot, right? Because presumably Auburn's going to take that That shot clock all the way down, which of course they did. And, you know, if you give up an offensive rebound, it's just over at that point. So unfortunately, and by the way, if Auburn would have hit a three-pointer, it would have been over too. So there's a couple different reasons to foul there, and I, I can't think of a lot of reasons to not. So just a real coaching blunder by Conzo Martin there. You have to say it, in my opinion. Just in the explanations that I saw after the game, just doesn't, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So obviously that's really disappointing. But on the positive side, I was saying this, and it was backed up by statistics after the game, but as the game was going on, I was saying, man, this is the best defense Missouri has played all season. Because sure, Auburn was probably a little off, and there's no question that Missouri came out ready to play. They came out with more energy than Auburn, without question. And you know what? It was, what, 12-4 there early in the basketball game. Almost kind of cost Auburn an upset An upset there, no doubt about it. But a lot of credit to me has to go for as much as I obviously have criticized Conzo Martin plenty of times on this podcast. Well, you got to give him some credit, too, because it's also very clear that this team has not given up on this season or on each other, on the team, whatever you want to call it. And frankly, at the beginning of the season, This really felt like Javon Pickett and Kobe Brown 
had just walked into a pickup game with a bunch of strangers. That's what Missouri basketball felt like. Especially offensively, it just felt like there was no plan whatsoever. And of course, defensively, we were a sieve too. But for as much as this team is obviously still challenged in a lot of ways, this feels like an actual team now. For instance, take Amari Davis, for example. Now, all of a sudden, you know, a guy who's brand new, just like most of the guys on this team, well, now it seems like he's he's carved out a pretty clear role, in my opinion. He's your sixth man, a mid-range scorer now. And by the way, it's kind of cool and a throwback to see a guy spotting up from the corner inside of the three-point line by a couple feet. Now, most of your analytics people are going to say, hey, in general, don't do that. But you know what? If, you, if you're not a good three-point shooter and you're hitting – 45 to maybe 50 percent from that shot well actually analytically suddenly that does become a good shot that's something I think the the lay people when it comes to analytics don't understand well guess what the mid-range shot is a good shot if you're hitting half of them it's just the problem is there aren't a lot of guys who can do that that's the ultimate point now again I thought this was Missouri's best defense of the season so far and it was obviously a low scoring game but it didn't feel like a slog whatsoever because I thought both teams played with really good energy for the most part isn't it just amazing what what some crowd energy can actually do Mizzou Arena who feels like a morgue for the most part this season but in this game a true atmosphere how nice was that to see and let's be honest for these weekday games even against Unless it is going to be against the Associated Press, number one, right? But for the most part, we need the students. we got to have them in there. And on top of the students, we need the locals. Because you can kind of forget about anybody outside of, say, the greater Columbia, Jefferson City area. Even once you start getting out to Jeff City, that's kind of asking a lot for people to make the sort of hour round trip or plus drive. But realistically, you got to get the locals from Columbia, Ashland, Hallsville, Centralia, Harrisburg, Sturgeon, basically anybody that I played in high school basketball back in the day, plus Columbia, of course. That's where you got to focus your energies on. And whoever got all, maybe it was Red Panda on top of the AP number one, but I got to imagine, I don't know, there probably was a drive to get the students in there. So whatever the idea was, whatever it did, well, let's keep doing it because it worked. And clearly it made just a huge difference, not only in the product, but at the same time, just the entertainment factor of being in that arena. I've seen, I believe, every game at home this year, except I think I missed one. I think I missed the Paul Quinn college game. But other than that, I've been to all the games, and this was by far the best atmosphere, and, well, it resulted in a near upset. I think that there's no doubt that that helped. Now, for as much as I love seeing all those Mizzou students in attendance, you know, let's maybe, uh, just a slight criticism, <laughs> let's, let's lose the overrated chant, especially when you lose. How about that? Because when, even when you win and you do the overrated chant, aren't you kind of undercutting your own accomplishment? That's what I've always felt like, but... Saying overrated in a loss, well, that that was a new one for me, and I gotta say, I was pretty flabbergasted. And again, overrated, come on, you lost the game. Let's just take our L, go home, and at least be somewhat happy that we had an entertaining basketball game, and that this Missouri team is at least on the same page now and seems to be going in the right direction. Does that mean that direction is toward the NIT or something like that? I, I'm still not so sure about that. 
but we'll just have to see. And frankly, what's more important is the future of this basketball team. And I want to talk about what this team could look like and should look like the following season. But first, let's talk about saving some money, shall we? Because we could all use some of that these days with milk being $5 a gallon. I couldn't believe that when I saw it at the grocery store the other day. But of course, gas is over $3 a gallon too. Well, guess what? I've got a great way to save you some money at the pump. It's called Get Upside, the free Get Upside app. Just go to the App Store or Google Play right now. And when you, use, when you do so, use the promo code SCORE and you'll get 25 cents or more per gallon off on your first fill up. That's cash back at the pump. Once again, use that promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more off on your first tank. Again, that's cash back, people. You get this cash back added right to your GetUpside account, and you can cash it out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon and several other brands. Once again, just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. And by Built Bar. And yes, the new year, it's still underway technically, right? Can you stay Happy New Year through January? That was a whole Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, right? But you know what? Seriously, if you have New Year's resolutions, you're trying to drop a few pounds, but occasionally you want to treat yourself, well, Built Bar to me is the way to go because you still... Get all the goodness of a protein bar and the tastiness of a candy bar, which be honest with me, folks, you've had protein bars before. They're not that great. They're often chalky, waxy, or just taste a little bit off chemically, to be honest with you. So instead, grab a Built Bar, which is made in 100% real chocolate, and most bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So yes, you're actually fueling your body while having a tasty treat. So guess what? Go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Once again, thanks for making this your first listen. How about you make your second listen, Locked on Royals, with Ryland Stiles, who is a busy guy. He also does the Locked on Oklahoma City Thunder podcast as well. But I think Ryland's really done a nice job of explaining all of the collective bargaining agreement stuff lately. So if you want to know more about the MLB lockout, in addition to the Royals, we'll check out Locked on Royals, wherever you get your podcasts. But you know what? Before we get to the future, of Missouri basketball. Let's talk just a little bit more about the current stuff. Last night's game in particular, you know, rebounding really did cost Missouri that basketball game ultimately. It's really as simple as that. When you look at it statistically, 25 offensive rebounds for Auburn to just 10 for Missouri. Well, that resulted in quite simply Auburn getting off 18 more field goal attempts. Now, they only made one more field goal, but they got off 18 more. So, yeah, just having literally that many shots is going to result in, in good things for you. That one more, uh, excuse me, that one more three point attempt that they had obviously ended up being the difference. But 
They only got that because of that difference in rebounding. And obviously, Trevin Brazil is, has some work to do in terms of just being a, a big man who can muscle somebody like Walker Kessler out of the lane. But overall, though, still not enough Trevin Brazil for my liking in that game. He played 20 minutes. Again, maybe his still yet undisclosed medical issue, just conditioning in general, Maybe there's something that I don't know. Obviously, Conzo Martin and the staff knows this kid better than I do. What All I'm saying is I think as soon as he's able to play 25, 30, even 30-plus 30 minutes a night, I think the better off Missouri will be for it. I really do. And frankly, I like Ronnie DeGray a lot, too, off the bench to the point where I could see Missouri at least experimenting a little bit with playing Kobe Brown as a three-man, essentially playing Brazil, Brown, and DeGray together at times. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a pretty big, lanky team, a big, lanky three-man front on your hands. Obviously, not the best shooting lineup, but guess what? Missouri isn't the best shooting team in general. So, to me, I would at least like to see that look. And, at the very least, DeGray and Brazil have been threats from the outside. And, in fact, believe it or not, Brazil, the highest percentage three-point shooter on the team right now. So he can knock down outside shots. He's by far our best rim protector, and he's by far the most explosive athlete on the team. To me, once again, the more Trevin Brazil, the better. But, you know, again, one of the positives, like I said before, this is starting to feel like a real basketball team. And one of the big reasons for that is because Missouri has finally whittled down their rotation basically to seven guys. They've got a clear top seven now. It's Boogie Coleman. It's Gordon, it's Pickett, it's Brazil, it's Kobe Brown with Amari Davis and Ronnie DeGray being your, your essentially your guard and your big man off the bench. Well, okay, now let's look to the future. Let's assume that core six, because Javon Pickett obviously is going to be graduating this year. Let's assume that core six comes back. Well, let's also assume that a few of the guys from last night, maybe couple of the guys who didn't play last night, right? Jordan Wilmore, Anton Brookshire, perhaps even Caleb Brown. Maybe it's possible that any one or maybe any of those guys could transfer. Let's be honest. I'm not guessing or speculating or anything. I'm just saying it's a possibility that it's almost a certainty that there will be more transfers. That's just the way college basketball goes now these days. Well, considering you're adding a point guard, type player, at least, a, at least a combo guard for sure. I would say a ball handler, no doubt about it. And Christian Jones, that's, an, that's a possible nice piece there for sure, no doubt about it. But I would still say adding a veteran point guard through the transfer portal or possibly just a, another guy who can shoot, but especially a ball handler, I hate to say it, you need to improve that Dejuan Gordon spot, and I also think you need to take ball handling pressure off of Boogie Coleman. I just think Coleman will be a much more effective player if he's not your de facto point guard. He can be fine being a secondary ball handler and certainly a spot-up shooter. He's a pretty good scorer. I just think we saw it a little bit yesterday. Certainly we saw it a lot in the Alabama game despite the officiating. At a certain point, you've got to be able to overcome that and, and, and keep control of the ball if you're the point guard, right? And Missouri right now, we just don't have a true point guard. If they could add that through the portal, suddenly you're looking at a pretty decent, dangerous roster, in my opinion. 
Then on the other side, obviously you'd think, like I said before, somebody who can shoot. Hopefully that point guard is the guy that can shoot, right? So then you can focus your attentions on a true center. Now, conventional wisdom would say that a true center is really important, but I'm not so sure. Maybe by next season, Trevin Brazil will be ready to truly be the center. And Kobe Brown, by the way, plays, I think, even bigger than his six foot eight, you know, 235 pound frame would suggest. He's a really good rebounder and physical enough that he can body up a guy like Walker Kessler and hold his own. By the way, I thought Trevin Brazil, along with Ronnie DeGray and Kobe Brown to a lesser extent, but in particular, I thought Trevin Brazil really bothered Jabari Smith, a potential top five, possibly even number one draft pick in this upcoming NBA draft. Obviously, Brazil and the rest of the Tigers held Jabari to two of 15 from the floor, so you might think, boy, this kid is a bust, huh? Well, I would encourage all of you to not judge him by one game, so let's talk a little bit more about that and also those NFL overtime rules. But first, let's talk bet online, where the Tigers nearly pulled off one of the great money line up to underdog bets of all time for those of you who had the guts to do that one but obviously the Tigers easily covering that double digit spread losing by one so a happy new betting year to you if you actually have the Tigers plus the points despite the heartbreaking defeat but regardless bet online remains the number one spot for all your sports wagering action in 2022 from football basketball hockey the Foyton whatever it is, even to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available, including receiving your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code Locked On to get started. Once again, that's promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. So while Jabari Smith obviously had a terrible game last night, 2 of 15 from the floor, at least offensively, right? He showed some things on the defensive end of the court with a couple of impressive blocks to go along with 10 rebounds. I think he's got a lot of upside at that end of the court. But if you'd have watched his previous game against Kentucky, you would have seen what I saw that, oh, this guy's got a really, really smooth jump shot that he can get over the top of just about anybody. But it turns out that, well, maybe Trevin Brazil isn't one of those guys. Maybe he's one of those special, really lanky athletes that can bother just about anybody's shot, including Jabari Smith. So obviously that young guy still got some things to work on. But remember a couple years ago when Anthony Edwards for Georgia played against Missouri and the indelible image of that game, at least if you're a Tiger fan, is Reed Nico blocking Anthony Edwards shot, panning it up against the backboard to seal the victory for the Tigers in Mizzou Arena. Well, at the time, I kind of thought, you know, this Anthony Edwards guy, maybe he's not so good, right? But the more you watched him, you realize, oh, okay, this guy is actually a spectacular athlete with a pretty good mechanical shot that he can grow into. And okay, yeah, I see it. You just have, you got to watch the guy play his best game and his worst game because really the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. 
Bottom line is now Anthony Edwards was the number one overall pick, and I would say worthy one. For those of you who don't follow the NBA or watch the Minnesota Timberwolves, let me just tell you, that guy has a tremendous amount of upside. I mean, his athleticism is absolutely special, and I don't think Minnesota's having a lot of regrets there. Let's just put it that way. So give Jamari, Jabari Smith a little bit of a pass and eh, give him another look. But you know what? And just to stay a little bit off topic, but on the topic of sports, of course, you all are Kansas City Chiefs fans. And, oh, here's the tie-in. Nick Bolton named to the all-rookie team in the National Football League, by the way. So congratulations to him. But obviously, Nick, a big part of of the, of the Chiefs, excuse me, big-time overtime victory over the Buffalo Bills. And, well, of course, once again, NFL overtime, the topic of controversy. People love this topic. And I'll just tell you, I've been exactly where the Buffalo Bills were as a Chiefs fan. We all remember this, right? Back in 2000 and the 2018 season, I believe then in January of 2019, then it would be AFC championship game, Chiefs lose, never get to touch the ball in overtime. Tom Brady and the Patriots run it down, touchdown. We never get to touch it. That's a heartbreaking way to lose, but you know what? What made it even more heartbreaking was, frankly, D. Ford lining up offsides. That's the part that bothered me a little bit. You may have noticed this on social media, but I just bristled a little bit when people are saying that, oh, the coin toss was the biggest play in that football game. I'm sorry, I, I just don't buy that. Now, however, I will say we'll get to the overtime rules and what I think we should do with them, but it's always the case that you had your chances before overtime. Look in the mirror, because if you're a Chiefs fan, you know you had that game won if D4 doesn't line up offsides, period. End of, end of story. Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, and they probably win that season. On the other hand, you got the Bills, right? And if you're saying, what, well, if Maybe if they'd, have, if they'd have won the toss, they'd have probably won the game. They'd have probably went down, scored a touchdown, and won. There's a good chance of that. I'll certainly concede that. But my goodness, if you're Sean McDermott, how do you kick that ball through the end zone? That's what I'm, If I'm a Bills fan, I can't get over that. How do, you not, how do you not kick that ball short and make Kansas City return it? Take some of that 13 seconds off the clock. And then even, if, with, even saving that, how do you give up 50 yards in two plays when you know that they have to do that it, it was just I'm sorry if you're a Buffalo fan I, I can't get that mad at the overtime rules because it never should have got there that's what's breaking my heart and I do feel sorry for Buffalo fans if the Chiefs had never won a Super Bowl in my lifetime and had, and had lost in that fashion, if they had, if we'd been on the other end of that, I'd have been completely apoplectic. So I get it. But on the other hand, when it comes to the NFL rules, it just feels like there is nothing that's going to satisfy everybody. It's certainly not, I shouldn't say nothing. What What isn't going to satisfy people is the people who say, okay, everybody should get one possession with the ball. I'm sorry that... Watch how that plays out. I'm sure that will probably become the rule at some point, and then watch what plays out. The Chiefs score a touchdown, right? They win the toss. They get the ball first. Let's say they go down and score a touchdown, and then Buffalo scores a touchdown. Well, guess what? Then next score wins. Well, the Chiefs then drive down, kick a field goal, and win. And then everybody in Buffalo and everybody who's a casual fan is saying, well, what the heck? 
Why didn't Buffalo get one more shot? It's never ending. Unless you do a full quarter, an actual full quarter, and at the end of the quarter, that's who wins. That's Or we play another quarter after that, reset everything as if it's hat time. Anything short of that or just college-style rules where you get one possession, you get one possession, we alternate. Maybe it's from the 35 or 40-yard line since it's NFL. But some short of something like that, I'm telling you the, oh, just give them, everybody gets one possession rule. When they tie, though, you're, the team that wins the toss is still going to have the advantage and people will still complain. That's my main point here. And now that I've pointed out to you, you know I'm right. So with all that being said, thanks once again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen, and thanks for telling a friend that we are free and available on all platforms, including, yes, I'm still on Spotify, so no cancelization as of yet. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.